I was going into Pennsylvania here a couple of years ago, and I was coming up over the summit on the mountain. And as soon as I got up over the mountain, there was a sign there. And I like, to, I like signs when they're speaking to me. And this, uh, this sign said, expect the unexpected. Expect the unexpected. See, you never know what's going to be coming, but we need to start expecting for whatever may come. You need to prepare in the inner man. You need to be strengthened with might in the inner man by the Holy Ghost. That's just one way. But we need to prepare. I used to, when I was on the police department, I used to, while I'm driving, thinking of different scenarios and how to prepare for the, the different scenarios that may come up because you never know what you're going to come up with. And you may be preparing for this, and then the radio goes off, and it's something you never heard of. I mean, then, then you've got to go in cold turkey, but you you still got to be preparing for whatever may come. You've got to be preparing your heart in the spiritual realm for what is going to happen. Now, when God chooses an army, we can get some, some clues of what he's after by looking at Gideon's army. The first thing he wanted in the army of Gideon, he wanted them to be watchful. He wanted them to be alert. And that's what we're talking about. <clears throat> be watching at all times. Be expecting anything. But be watching for what may come up on the earth and what the enemy may be doing in that thing. All right? The enemy functions in a lot of the things that happen all around us. And many times we're not aware that he is in the midst of it. And I'm not going to go into a lot of different things, but I, I am going to focus on one, and I hope to get there. Now, when Jesus was in the garden, he told his disciples back then, watch and pray so you don't fall into temptation. Watch and pray. They went asleep. And what happened? When things started to break, they entered into fear, and they fled. Is that what happened? Yeah. Simply because they were not prepared. They didn't listen to the instructions of the king to be watching, to be praying, and to be expecting anything from the enemy. They didn't do it, and they suffered the consequences of it. Now, in our text, the Lord gives them instructions for the warfare. He, first of all, he says, you need not fight in this fight. See, it's God that wins the battle. We follow the instructions. He wins the battles. All right? It may look like we're fighting, but we're only doing what we're supposed to do. But God is behind the scenes dealing with the enemy. All right, you hear that now? All right, you shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves or... Position yourself. Now, if the Lord told us to position ourselves, what position will we take? Well, I think the scripture tells us what position we're supposed to take. It tells us about when Jesus uh, went to the cross, we were with him. We were in him when he went to the cross. He was paying the price for our sins. We was in it. Okay. When he rose from the dead, we were in Christ. Is that what the scripture says over in Ephesians 1? We, then we stopped most of the time right there. We raised from the dead. But it goes on to say, 
Let me see if I can find it over in Ephesians 2. First of all, let's go back to 1. Verse 20, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And he hath put all things, now get that, he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all and all. And then it goes over in Ephesians 2 and verse 5. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace, you are saved. And now here comes your position. And hath raised us up together. Come on. And made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, this is our position. We are seated in heavenly places with Christ. We are in a position of authority, an authority which is far above, it says, far above all principalities and powers. Amen. This is where we are seated. And all things are under his feet. That means all things are under our feet. All things are under our feet. Now, this is our position, and, and not, too many, not too many people believe it, but Jesus says, behold. Now, when Jesus says, behold, what he's saying, he says, you need to be listening to me. I'm about to tell you something that's remarkable. He says, behold, I give you, I give you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the, all the power of the enemy, and they will in no wise harm you. You have power over all the power of the enemy. Don't you think it's time we act like it? Amen. You know, there are preachers today that won't even talk about the devil. But Paul says, I don't want you to be ignorant of his devices. So if the preacher won't preach about it, then we will remain ignorant of the enemy's devices. And we know this, if we're ignorant... Without knowledge, the people are, help me, destroyed. Without knowledge. So preachers are actually guilty of what's happening to some of the people if they won't teach them about the things of God as far as authority, power over the enemy, and they let the enemy then trample down the people because they don't know what to do when the enemy attacks. In Psalm 110, well, maybe we better look at it. Psalm 110. Remember, everything is under our feet. In Psalm 110, it says, The Lord said unto my Lord, verse 1, Sit thou at my right hand. Is that where we're at? He said it to the Lord, Sit at my right hand, until I make thine enemies thy footstool. Then it says, the Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. The scripture says in Hebrews that we have come to Zion. We have come to Mount Zion. So there is a physical Zion, 
and there's a spiritual Zion, and we belong to the spiritual Zion. And he said, the Lord shall send the rod, or his scepter, or his authority of thy strength out of Zion. Come on. And then it says, rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. And it says, thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power. They shall be willing. They shall volunteer and be a part of the army of God in these last days. He's looking for volunteers for this time. That's what he's looking for. He's looking for them right here, or else he wouldn't have me preaching this message. I'm going to tell you something. We don't think the enemy has a fear, but he has a great fear. He has a great fear that some of you might believe what I'm teaching here. He fears that. He fears the church coming into the authority and the power that Jesus has given to us. He knows if we come into this like we're supposed to, we can plunder his kingdom. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. It shall not prevail. My God, that's a good preacher, Frank. I told you. See, the end of the age is the harvest. In Matthew 13, 39, the end of the age is the harvest. The enemy knows the scriptures. And he knows if we fall into this, we'll, we'll go and plunder his camp and take all the souls Amen. that he has in his kingdom. That's why we're here for such a time as this, to spoil his kingdom. We need to get the revelation of what, the God, what God is trying to get to us in this hour. Now you've got to remember this. Everything that the Lord gives us, he gives it. We must receive it by faith. Okay, he says, I've given you authority. I've given you authority. What are you going to do? You're going to take it? You're going to use it? See, that's, that's the whole thing. A lot of people just, they don't know what to do. He says, I've given it to you. Take it. Use it. Go after the enemy. Destroy his kingdom. Amen. For this purpose was the Son of God manifest, that he might destroy the works of the enemy. And he says to the disciples, as the Father has sent me, so send I you. What he sent us to do? To destroy the works of the enemy. That's why you and I are on the earth right now. We're here for such a time as this to do the will of God during this time. There's going to be things happening that's going to shake this whole world. But it must not shake us. Amen. Amen. And I'm going somewhere here in a little bit with that. And I'm not going to tell you that I've arrived in all of this, but I'm telling you I'm pressing into it. By the grace of God, I'll get, I'll get to where I want to be, where I know I should be. So we got to receive all of these things by faith. And we don't sit back like a lot of Christians. Is, oh, I'm not going to talk about the enemy. I, oh, you don't know what he'll do. Oh, shit. Stay away from people like that. Amen. Find people who know their position, who know why they're here. 
and join up with that kind of a group and do your warfare. A lot of these preachers that don't want to preach the word of God in this area are putting the church of Jesus Christ to sleep. How do you put somebody to sleep? How do you put babies to sleep? You gave them warm milk. That's what they're getting today, warm milk. There's preachers, I hear them, they won't preach on hell, they won't preach on sin, they won't preach on judgment, they won't preach on the enemy. All they have is Happy Meals. Happy Meals and milk. Cake and ice cream. We're not to be ignorant of what the enemy has done and what he is doing. His, his tactics very seldom change. So we need to know what God wants us to do in this hour. If we're ignorant, it's going to cost us dearly. We must have in this hour a wartime mentality. We must think of ourselves as a soldier in the army of the Lord. That's one of my favorite songs. I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. I, I bet you I've played four or five times from different, different people. I go on the internet and I, and I like to listen to them. And some of them say, I'm a sanctified soldier. Sure enough, sanctified soldier in the army of the Lord. This is, this is our hour, but we must have this war time mentality. Even over in 2 Timothy, the, the second chapter, I believe it's in verses 3 and 4. I'm not going to read it. But Paul tells them, you know, you've got to keep the faith like a good soldier. Right. Huh. Like a good soldier. He identified him as one who is in the army of the Lord. And that's where we should be with our mentality, in the army of the Lord. Yes. Now, in the scriptures, the name that identifies the Lord the most, well over 200 times, is Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts, or the Lord of armies. Mm -hmm. Some say angel armies, but he uses that name the most in the scriptures. Lord of the armies. So, and also says he's a man of war. Amen. So if the Lord has that mentality... Don't you think we should start getting a military mind and start functioning as a soldier in the army of the Lord and not just wanting to hear, like I said, the Happy Meal stuff, the warm milk? We've got to get beyond that now. Time is too short. Things are going to escalate and accelerate like never before. You can believe me or not believe me. Well, one of these days, you'll turn that TV on, and we'll be at war. It's a powder keg right now. You know how many mad, more madmen are out there doing these evil things? Look at Chicago. Look at these other places. They're like war zones today. They have, they have more killed on the weekend than we had when they put on the news these last two shootings, mass shootings. There was more in Chicago than those two. But you don't get any news about that because it's Democrat run. You don't get news about Baltimore because it's Democrat run. See, they hide that and they bring out the other because they want to push gun control. Oh, you're getting me off in politics. I don't, I, I don't want to go over there. Now let's go. 
I better go over to Romans, the sixth chapter. Go over with me. It's over there where Paul is teaching about the armor of God. Now here, he's teaching about the armor of God. There's an enemy. He says you've got to have armor. You've got to have, you've got to have what's necessary to deal with the enemy. All right. Let's go to second, oh, Ephesians 6. Let's go to verse um, 11. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplications for all saints. I'm going to stop there. I'm not going to go into all of the armor. It's all necessary. We should know everything about that armor. But I want to focus on one piece. That's where the Lord has taken me, I believe. And that piece is over in verse 15. All right. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. But before I go into that, back to the text, after it said to position yourself, then it said, stand ye still. Position yourself in your place of authority, then stand ye still. Remember, the battle's not yours. The battle is the Lord's. Stand Ye still, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. When it says stand still, that means fixed in an unmovable position. Now, Paul is describing the armor that the Roman soldiers were wearing. That's all he knew. The Roman soldiers wore this, 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 this. And when it got to the feet, they had these sandals on and it, it wrapped all the way up to just under the knee. But then on the sole of the sandal, there were spikes anywhere from one inch to three inches long, spikes. So when they had to get into hand-to-hand -hand combat with the enemy and he come, was coming at him, he would put him in and twist him. Now his feet are locked in. Because if you fall, when the enemy attacks you, then you are in a vulnerable position and you're probably going to get your head knocked off. So they plant their feet down in there. And they're planted. It's, remember, this is hand-to-hand -hand combat. 
And this is in the spiritual fight, it's almost like hand-to-hand hand spiritual combat. This is face-to-face -face with your enemy. It's you and the enemy dealing together. Sometimes you may get a saint pray for you, but when, when these certain things happen, they happen, bang. I mean, it hits you right smack in the face. <laughs> How well I know. But you must, like I said, we must be ready. We must have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now, I've heard a lot of preaching on this. I don't think I've ever preached it this way, but I don't know. I can't remember that far back. That's almost 45 years ago. But many preach that this is the gospel of salvation. Okay? Maybe that's what you believe. It's all right. I don't care. It's okay. But I don't believe that's it. See, when you're talking about the gospel of salvation and taking the gospel out, you know, they relate that, well, you got the feet, how beautiful are the feet of them on the mountain that take the good news. All right. But if you think about this for a minute and you follow the text, that is not what he's talking about. The gospel of salvation and grace, it's, it's going. Go, go. This is saying, stand. Follow me? We're talking about war. We're talking about an enemy. We're not talking about that when taking, you're taking the gospel, okay, of salvation. But here, because this gospel of peace is talking about standing face to face with the enemy, hand-to-hand -hand combat in the spirit. So and that word preparation there actually means readiness. You're in a ready position. You're, your spirit is ready with the good news of peace. I'm going somewhere. You follow me? What makes us ready for the enemy is having this good news of peace in our spirit. What peace? Oh, Lord Jesus, how do I get to this? John 14, 27. This is where I'm going. This is Jesus speaking to the disciples. He's getting ready to leave the earth. They're ready to come to get him, to crucify him. And I mean, you know, when you're, you're about to die or someone's about to die, they have their last will and testament, and they leave to others what is of great value. What they value the most, these things, that's what they want to give to those that are under them or that are families. So Jesus says this to his disciples, peace I leave with you. I'm going to say it again. This is what he's willing to the disciples, to the church. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give it unto you. What did I say about when you give something, the Lord gives something? You have to receive it with your faith. He says, he's saying to everybody here, my peace I give to you. Here it is. It's there. Just like when he says faith, when he says authority, and all these things, I give it to you. Now it's our choice. Do we want to receive his peace? He says, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your, here he goes, let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. I'm giving you my peace to take care of fear. Hallelujah. 
I don't think too many heard that. I'm giving you my peace so you can deal with fear when it attacks you. I'm giving you my peace. Over in Mark 4, verses 35 to 41, Jesus tells the disciples, let's go over to the other side. You're in the boat. Let's go over to the other side. What happens? A storm comes up. The disciples entered into what? Fear. Fear hit them because of the storm. And they started to squirm. And they went to where Jesus was. And you remember where Jesus was? He had a pillow that he took to the back part of the boat, fluffed up his pillow, and he's snoring back there. There was a storm going on, but he's seeing us. He don't care about the storm. He already told them we're going to the other side. That's right. When the Lord tells you you're going somewhere, you're going to get there, and nothing's going to stop you from getting there. All he has to do is speak it. It'll happen. That's right. Amen. They didn't get that. They didn't get that. They didn't get that he was with them. The one that created everything, the one that has supreme authority, he is with them, but yet they're panicking in fear. And they go and they wake him up and say, what's the matter with you? Don't you, don't you see we're perishing? Don't you care? And I can just imagine they wake me up for this. <laughs> he gets up, he says, peace, be still. He stops the storm. He says, hey, well, what's the matter with you? Where's your faith? Huh? What's the matter? Where's your faith? Where did you put it? I gave it to you. What are you doing with your face? And what happens when a storm hits us? When the storms of life come sweeping over us, how do we respond? Be honest now. Don't lie in church. How do you respond? I told you I'm preaching to myself just like I'm preaching to you. I haven't arrived at everything, but I'm pressing in. Because this is what Lord said. My peace I've given you, Frank. Mike, I gave you my peace. Why are you getting all flustered when this stuff happens? Mm-hmm. Where's your faith? Mm-hmm. Am I right or am I wrong? Come on. You can say amen. amen. Where's our faith? Fear will negate your faith. Fear is a force. It's a it's a substance, a spiritual substance that if it's a great fear, it will bring into your life what you're fearing. That's right. That's right. That's right. Job said, the thing I greatly feared has come upon me. He was fearing all that before it happened. Faith is a force that God has that brings the good things into your life. Amen. The enemy has a force and it's fear. You got to remember that. When fear comes at you, that's the enemy. He's looking for a way in. He's as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Why does a lion roar? He wants to paralyze you in fear. So when they're paralyzed in fear, then he can just walk right up and take the prey. I'm preaching to somebody here. 
the enemy wants to enter in to the negative circumstances in our lives. He said, you're able to stand in the evil day. You never know what's going to hit you. You never know what's going to be on the other end of that telephone call. It may shake you down to the depths of your soul. But most people will never be ready for some of those phone calls or what happens around them. But God wants us to be ready no matter what happens because that's when the enemy attacks. Even when I got my phone call from my son, I'm not going to go into that. I don't want to go into that. Most of you know what happened. And it hit like a ton of bricks, and I knew I had to go there. My wife went there, and we knew when we was there, we was going to have to deal with the enemy. So when we went into the, my son's place, we explained everything to him about the powers of darkness and how things have entered into there. And my wife and I then ministered and stood against the enemy's powers and had to get him out of that house. So you've got to be ready, no matter how dire the circumstances are. You've got to be ready to deal with anything that comes. Even if you get knocked off of your, off of your uh, piece, you've got to get back on it. The scripture says to be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God and the peace of God that passes all understanding shall keep your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus our Lord. So you've got to get back to where you belong. Get back on that peace. See, fear will, will, will deal with your mind and your heart. You'll run your emotions crazy. People go into depression. I'm preaching good now, no matter what you're doing there. I went through this. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm preaching out of experience now. I went through two heart attacks and open heart surgery because I didn't live in the peace that Jesus gave me. Now, you can learn from my mistakes. That's the best way to learn so you don't have to go through it. That's the best way. That's wisdom. But that's what it affects. It affects your heart. You cannot take that stuff to bed with you. You wake up with it. You go to bed with it. Your heart's beating. Boom, 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 boom. Next thing you know, you can't even hardly move anymore. But that's all because of fear and stress and anxiety. It weighs on your physical being, your, your mind, your whole being. And that's all because we've allowed, I allowed the enemy in my life with the fear. It says, give no place to the devil. I gave him place. And that was foolish. Even Jesus said, the prince of this world is coming, but he has nothing in me. See, we can't allow that stuff to get in. It may be out here, but we got to... It ain't getting here. I am ready for you with the good news of Jesus' peace that he's given to me. I'm going to stand in my peace. I'm not going to give in to your fear. I'm going to fight that fear. Amen. you got to fight fear. How do you fight fear? With your will. Yeah. That's right. With your will. See, you can choose whether you go into peace or you go into fear. 
you can choose. But you better choose as soon as it comes. Don't let it stay. Hit it immediately because it'll want to get in there and get deep roots within your life. And then people start having these extreme highs, extreme lows, when they call it manic depressive, panic attacks, and all these things. A lot of it starts someplace where we allow the enemy to get in. We've got to stop it. Peter was walking on the water, was he not? Jesus is on the water with him. He's walking. Everything's, everything's nice. It's a nice day for a walk on the water, right? What, what happens is he takes his eyes off of the Lord. And he takes his and puts his eyes on the storm. His eyes should have been there. He focused on the storm. He went into fear. He sank. See, faith, he was walking by faith. But once you let the storm and the fear in, faith don't work. Your authority don't work. Nothing works when you're in fear. Fear takes it over. You got to deal with the fear. We have to deal with fear. This is going to be the biggest enemy we're going to have to face in these last days. Fear. I'm talking hand-to-hand combat now. I'm not talking about just other, there's a lot of other devils out there. I'm talking personal. I know we, we, we say, no, I, I'm not one that fears. Right circumstances, you'll see. You'll see. Even in a dream I had one time. <laughs> I had two dreams. It, it sounds funny. But soaring, like flying, just, I've had two. Nothing like it. No. Nothing like it. No. But what happened is one time I was in the first dream I had, I was there enjoying the scenery, flying over the, over the field, and all of a sudden then a tornado come up. And I turned and I looked at the tornado. Next thing I knew, I boom, fell straight to the ground. See, it was in the spirit until fear came. Fear will take you out of the spirit. And you're back down in the flesh, dealing with the enemy. When I was in the military, they had a um, they had an alert system called DEFCON. Okay, I don't know if it's still going. DEFCON. Well, back in that day, they had five five alert stages. DEFCON five, four, three, two, one. Five was like a peacetime. Uh, a peacetime condition for the military. Then it would graduate as threats would come in from the enemy until you hit DEFCON 1. Lord, you ain't helping me. When you hit DEFCON 1, that was when the enemy was either attacking or the attack was imminent. That was DEFCON 1. It's either You're either in the midst of an attack or it's eminent. It's right at the door. And that's what I titled the message, if you want titles, DEFCON 1. In DEFCON 1, you was prepared for war. In that 15th verse, it says, your feet shod with the preparation 
of the gospel of peace. For us, there's no DEFCON 5432. Not in this realm. There's no, there's no 5432. There's only DEFCON 1 for us. Either we're now under attack or an attack is imminent. The enemy is going around seeking whom he may devour. And if he sees somebody in some conditions, what we call the evil day, he will try to get that fear into our life so we don't exercise the faith and the authority over him and his plans. That's his whole plan, to get us out of the spirit, into the natural realm, into the flesh, so we're not a threat. If we're going to remain a threat, we have to remain on DEFCON 1. Always prepared, always ready for an attack, because it can come at any given moment. I don't know if that's a good sign or a bad sign. Well, Lord, you're really coming down on me. If we fear, we're no threat. Over in Psalm 112, 7 and 8, I better go, let's see, do I have that here? Psalm 112, 7 and 8, this is speaking to the righteous. He says, he shall not be afraid of evil tidings. What do we just say about the evil day? Evil tidings? He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed. Come on, hey, hey, fixed. His heart is fixed. It's, it's dug into God's peace. My heart is fixed. Trusting in the Lord. The righteous, his heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he see his desire upon his enemies. If we do what God tells us to do, we will see the enemy defeated. The Lord will fight for us in it if we will but do what he said for us to do. He will fight. He even said in Isaiah 26, 3, remember we was talking about Peter, he took his eyes off the Lord? Isaiah 26, 3, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. The mind is the gate. That's where the enemy comes in. That's where he beats you with the fear. Come on, we're to turn to battle at the gate. That's where the battle is. Don't allow it in. The more you think about it, the more you focus on it, the more it's going to bring you down to where you're ineffective, and he's just going to walk all over us and laugh at us. But let us get the last laugh. Let us walk in the peace of God. Stay firmly planted in God's peace. You got to remember the Lord says, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. Listen to this. I will not fear what man can do to me. There's the will in there. He says, I will not fear. There's he's purposing. If that thing comes, I'm not going to fear what man can do to me. I will not. See, we have a will. We need to exercise it. We can either will to go to the fear, or we can will to stay in the peace. It's the word of God anyhow. He says in Colossians 3.15, let the peace of God rule in your heart. Let it rule in your heart. We got to take control over this fear. 
I don't know if any of you know Brother Dick Mills, but back in the charismatic movement where I came in in the 70s, early 70s, Dick Mills was a great man of God. I don't know if he's still alive. But he would minister in a prophetic way to you, prophecy, but he used the scriptures. He would give one scripture after another and speak the word of the Lord to you through those scriptures. And every time I was in a place, almost every time I was in a place where he was at, he called me. I was in the back there, say, where the double doors are. I was that far away from him one time. I was in my police uniform, and I just wanted to sneak in and, and hear a little bit before I went back on the street. I'm standing back there, and he goes over, you, <laughs> you in the uniform. And then he goes, and he gives me scriptures again. And almost all the scriptures he gave me, the biggest percentage of scriptures he gave me, was surrounded by safety for me. It was all about safety. And there was a scripture he gave me. I don't know if I wrote it down, but maybe we can go to it. No, here it is. Proverbs 3, 25 and 26. He gave this to me. Be not afraid of sudden fear. Sudden fear. Just bang. There it is. Neither of the desolation of the wicked when it comes in these last days, in the perilous times. For the Lord shall be thy confidence and shall keep thy foot from being taken. It's all in there. It's all in the scripture. If we would just listen to the scripture, listen to the spirit of God, do what he says to do, we can defeat this devil. We have everything we need to defeat fear. But we have to use it. And if we use it, Jesus said, the battle is mine. I'll win this for you. You do what I told you to do, I'll get the victory. Through our God, we shall do valiantly. That's the word of the Lord. I'm going to give you one more scripture. You need to look at it yourself so you, you don't think I'm playing games with your head. Go over to um, Romans 16.20, I believe it is. Romans 16.20. Everybody have it? It says, And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly or swiftly or quickly. He will bruise Satan under whose feet? He's doing the bruising, but it's going to be under our feet. As we stand in peace and exercise the word of God, praise him like they did, the Lord will rise up and his enemies will scatter. Resist the devil and he will, will flee from you. Not he might flee, he will flee from you. I hope we all get a hold of this. Even David said, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Even in our text, how many times did Jesus say, I am with you. I am with you. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. Fear not. All through the scriptures, 365 times, he says, fear not. Fear not. I think he's trying to get something across to us. 
He's telling us, don't fear. It's a command. Don't you fear. You have the power not to fear. I'm giving you my peace. Don't fear. Can you do it? Will you receive it? Will you destroy the works of the evil one? Will you be a part of the volunteer army of God in this last day? He's looking for real soldiers. Thank you for listening to this old soldier.